0: Acts 4. This week, I've just been telling people, hey, read Acts 4 before you come. Read Acts 4. I read it over and over, and I just wanted to take time this morning to read that complete body of Scripture, that whole chapter to you, just so everybody could read it. And it doesn't matter how many times you read it, it is so full of passion and insight. In the book of Acts, it's the early church. It's the early account. It's written somewhere around 62, 63, 64 A.D. after the death of Jesus. Now, I know it's true and accurate because it's God's Word. I know it's true and accurate because there were many eyewitnesses that lived there when Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. So if there was anything that wasn't true about this event, they would certainly have called it out, but it is true. It's God's Word. But here in the early church, the early church, we always talk about the Acts 2 church around here. We talk about the church here in Acts 4. Now the church is literally on fire. They are burning with a passion for the Savior. It is alive, it is dynamic, it is authentic, it is genuine. Oh, they got problems, I mean, just like any church, but there is some real passion. And in this thing, there was this religious establishment of the day, the council, the council of the 71, the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees. Can you say with me, Sadducees, Sadducees sad can't you see no anyway just a joke okay you don't want to be called a sad you see or or the sanhedrin they were this heavyweight political spiritual clout tight-fisted rulers reigning synagogue made group that thought they had control on everything matter of fact they thought they had earned the right to do everything Even control Jesus. So this group, I mean, they're very uh, supreme. They're very passionate about what they believe. And and they're threatened here, as as we'll see. But um, they're, they're threatened, which is really funny. They're threatened by two guys. Now, these guys are ordinary, common fishermen. It would be like taking somebody with a law degree... Or a medical degree or somebody highly educated and then put it in there with a the backyard redneck fisherman cussing chewing tobacco got his dog hanging out the window i don't know what it's got to do with it anyway just a guy that you know you just think man they they're good people but they just they're just on different planes i mean that guy's got a right to come to the table the other one doesn't have a right these are disciples they're just ordinary guys And they get to stand there in a semicircle and face the the power of the day. The ones that had basically sentenced Jesus to death. The ones that had been totally opposed to the true gospel. You know what that speaks about? It speaks about religion. Being religious, not a relationship that these two guys had. Here's what I know about the gospel. The gospel, write this down, the gospel makes converts, but it also makes enemies. The gospel is presented, the gospel is proclaimed that we might be converted to a faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ. So we're either converted by the gospel, or we're in opposition, we're opposed to the gospel. We're enemies of the cross, is how one scripture would say. So boldness always triggers opposition. When, when you go bold, some people get upset. Now we're going to talk about what bold is and what bold isn't, but persecution is inevitable for believers in Jesus Christ. So let, let me just uh, we're gonna talk about Acts 4, but I want to give you a passage you can turn there, or I'll read it to you. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what he would say. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, i got to tell you, if I'm going to preach God's Word, which I do, and I'm going to preach it from cover to cover, which I do, I've got to tell you the hard truths and the great truths and the truths that encourage you and the truths that are like, whoa, boy, that was tough. And this is one. If you are going to sign up today or you have signed up to follow Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted just go ahead and get over it and get ready that you're going to be persecuted for jesus sake and the church said Amen. now there's a gospel today that's not preaching persecution but they're not preaching the true gospel of christ you're going to be oh you're saying well okay you gave me one verse okay well, i'm glad you said that thanks for saying that turn to matthew turn to matthew chapter 5 i love this section there the sermon on the mount verse 10 chapter 5 verse 10 God blesses those who are feeling good for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That's what the Bible says. It says God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. See, Jesus was trying to prepare us to say, look, you're going to take my name. It's good, but be prepared, because if you take my name, persecution will follow. Sometimes you will be mocked and ridiculed and made fun of. And like these guys, I mean, you know, they're they're thinking people getting ridiculed and mocked and talked about. They're going, you bunch of (laughs) crybabies. That's all you're worried about? Somebody talked about you? Do y'all see the back of my head. I got bruises. I can't grow hair. I was drugged through the streets. (laughs) They created riots because I kept talking about the name of Jesus. But you you begin to go here. You you see that this morning in China and Africa and different countries of our world, you would see There would be any number of believers this morning that would be meeting underground in the underground church. They they, they sure couldn't come to a public building and have lights and have sound systems and and do all this. I, I still remember it's my favorite story on persecution, but I remember on this stage, he stood a number of years ago. He's a pastor in Hong Kong today, and we supported him. And Toby Miller was the first guy I ever prayed for as a Christian prayed for him to come to christ i prayed for him to be healed and today he's a pastor and i remember when he came here in our room one day and he preached to us and he walked up and he had his bible wrapped in a paper sack and i looked i said man that's the strangest bible cover i've ever seen not very attractive i mean i'm saying this to myself i didn't say that out loud i'm not stupid just act like it sometimes Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, dumb. Okay, so 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 I, I looked at it and I asked him afterwards, I said, "Man, why why do you have your Bible wrapped in a paper sack?" He says, "Because where I live and where I go, I have to be extremely careful, or I'll get jail for the gospel." He says, "Keith, the highlight of our life is we baptize people in our bathtub in our apartment." And I just went, "Wow." This isn't some commentary, this isn't some seminary class I was in. Here's a modern day, first guy I ever prayed for, and he baptizes people in his bathtub for fear that he'd lose his life for the sake of the gospel. Persecution is just part of it. So we're promised persecution, but we are called to stand. Um, Paul would say the cross is offensive to those that are perishing. You see, we are called to be bold witnesses for God and to those that are lost, to those that have not been redeemed, to those that haven't had their heart regenerated. Many times they make fun of Jesus and they make fun of you and they make fun of the gospel. And just be prepared. A lot of times we get so hung up about they rejected me, they rejected me. No, they rejected God's son. They rejected, they rejected Jesus. But they do reject us sometimes, and that's just part of it. And as we look here, I want you to fill in the, the first blank here. I think this will help you. It's pretty obvious. Oh, well, got ahead of myself. We'll go ahead and do this. Okay. She wasn't quite aware, well, huh? Wow, what's she doing up there today? Okay. Who is this? Nobody? Uh, and somebody, see, some of you are afraid to say you knew who it was. I saw some of you were like, putting my head down. It's Paris Hilton. Yeah. Now, this is a bold, audacious, in-your-face kind of woman that just speaks for whatever she thinks. I, I, I thought about many that I could have gotten up here today. Here's another one. Oh, my goodness. The Kardashians came to Christ's community. I wish they would and hear the gospel of Jesus. How about you? But, you know, they got their glamour show and what all they do, and she's got the record for the shortest marriage and all that junk. There's a mockery on the Lord Jesus Christ in the church, and can we call it for what it is? Marriage is a sacred covenant before God. Amen? i got to fight for that. But anyway, but boy, do they have a problem getting in your face telling you about everything? Have you you ever watched part of their little show? I I did one time. Just kind of see what it was about. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Here's another one. Okay. In your face. Bold influential, impactful. How many of you would like for your little boys to grow up and be like Tim Tebow? (laughs) Yeah. How many of you want your girls to grow up and be like the Kardashians? I didn't think so. Bold, In your face. That's the kind of guy he is. I mean, okay, guys, give me a break. The guy got on his knees and they ridiculed him. I think it's hilarious. Just on his knees for Jesus. But boy, he wasn't ashamed of the gospel, was he? And he's not ashamed of the gospel. Just stands bold. Bold as a lion. Great warrior for God. Now, what's the key word? Fill it in. Boldness. That's what I want to try to speak to us this morning about for a few minutes together. How bold are we? What's our bold quotient? Is it, is it lacking? Does it, does it need some assistance? Boldness. I wrote it across the top of your notes here. It says, outspokenness, assurance, confidence, the ability to act without fear. That's what it means to be bold. Last weekend we talked about being confident, being God confident, and confident in who God is and knowing Him. And This morning I want to talk to you about being bold and getting outside your world and getting outside the confines of this living room. And it's easy to be bold in here because you come into the house of God and you're with other believers and you can raise your hands and you can worship and you can pray and you can witness your faith and you can do things for the Lord and you can do His deeds and do His bidding on this campus and that's wonderful. But how about when you leave here? How about when you go to lunch? How about when you go do something this afternoon or go to work or what you have to do or you go to work tomorrow or you go to school tomorrow or will you be bold then? Like, nah, I'm leaving my boldness at the church. There was a story I read about a young preacher's name was Cartwright and he was a pretty fiery young preacher and they came to him they said Reverend Cartwright we want you to know that President Andrew Jackson's going to be in your church on Sunday he said well that'd be good they said now we want you to be careful not to offend the president we we know you've got a lot of fire and a lot of passion in your soul he said yeah whatever so uh he got in there and he uh president came in and he just stood up right off the bat. He says, "I just want to tell you this morning, we got the president of the United States here. Glad to have him here. It's good. But he's going to go to hell if he doesn't repent of his sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ." <laughs> and he went on, gave his message. In the message, president said, "I'd like to have a word with you, Reverend Cartwright." And they took him over to the side. He met the president of the United States, Andrew Jackson. Looked in his eyes, and he said, "Son." If I had an army like you, I could conquer the world. See, he wasn't going to back down to a president for his Lord Jesus Christ. He was going to stand. He was going to be bold. In the New Testament, boldness is used at least 42 times. It's something that God's passionate about. He's passionate about prayer. He's passionate about giving. He's passionate about loving. He's passionate about forgiving forgiveness, but he's passionate about boldness, as we talk about this morning. And here, this Sanhedrin, this Sadducees, this high council as they meet, they're bold in their religious thought and their religious belief and what they've come to do. They have gone to rabbinical school. They've been trained. They're they're, they're sharp guys. They, They got it going on. But let's look there in Acts 4. Just look there around verse 4. It says here in the scripture that a number of men... And we don't know how many women and children, but it was a great number. But they only counted the men. I, I know, I'm sorry, women. It's just what they did in that day. It says, but many of the people who heard the message believed it, so the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. There was a great move of God. People were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine in Montgomery, Alabama, at our church, or just the the city church of those that preach the gospel, this morning, what if 5,000 new converts, not 5,000 transfers from one church to another church, but what if we had 5,000 new believers when we woke up in the morning? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they would be awesome. I mean, I think WSFA and the, and the world would pick it up going, I don't know what's happening down in Montgomery, but, man, people are coming to faith and sin is stopping and crime rates are down and, and the love of Christ is up and, and they'd come down here and just film us the city. I mean, that, that would just be awesome. Well, That's just what happens, but we read it and we go, Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I heard about 3,000. Oh, 5,000. Oh, that's a few people. You know how many people 5,000 is? That's a lot of folks on one campus at one place. And then look at verse 7. Well, right before there, what happens? So all these people come to faith, and they get thrown into jail. The guys do. In verse 7, I, I love verse 7. In verse 7, he says this, and they brought in the two disciples who had been proclaiming, and they demanded, by what power? In whose name have you done this? Have you done this feat? You know, and the guys are probably saying, well, are, 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 you, know, are, are you guys that dumb? <laughs> by what name? By what power? It's the power of Jesus, the one you crucified. The one that you saw die on the cross. In verse 8 through 10 here, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, the ex-fisherman, he calls out the council. I mean, he's before their table, but he is so bold in God. He's so bold in his Christ. He proclaims to them. He's not scared. Fear's not going to hold him back. He didn't worry. I mean, in this day, they were wanting a political king. They got a spiritual king. That's what Jesus came to do. And you just you look here, and the, you know what Peter does? I'd write it in the margin today. It's interesting. Peter puts the, the council on trial. You see, they're putting him on trial, but the way God had it is really Peter puts them on trial because he's declaring the gospel. He says, by the name of Jesus we do these great things. It's by the name of Jesus he's healed. It's, it's the power of Jesus Christ. And then move down to verse 12. Because there in verse 10 you see, he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus. When we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. He is powerful. How many of you believe that name is above every name? That name is all-powerful. That name demands, it gets the total attention of God the Father. He is God. It's in Jesus' name. You know, when you speak the name of Jesus, man, it, it silences people people get uneasy because you know what i learned about jesus jesus is not pc jesus is not pc friendly i'm not talking about a computer jesus has never been politically correct but he's lord (laughs) and he rules and this morning he just comes and says hey i'm not going to be correct in the circles you sit in if you mention me sometimes Matter of fact, you might get to sit by yourself. You might not get invited to the party. You might not get invited to this if you talk about me. Let let me say this. i got to just be careful here. When I talk about being bold, let me tell you what I'm not talking about. I want some of you to write this down because as I was studying this, I thought, man, if some people get the wrong idea on this, I'm going to be scared. Let me see if I can find where I I made a note about this because this is, well, here's what boldness is not. It's not demanding. It's not pushy it's not arrogant it's not cocky it doesn't demand its own way uh it's 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 not rude uh being bold bold doesn't mean being loud necessarily we'll talk about what being bold is but a lot of times we we think man if we're bold then we got to get a megaphone and scream it i personally that kind of turns me off unless god just told you to do that you know i mean okay whatever Kind of a kind of a weird person, but you know maybe they felt led to do that. I don't know. Let me ask you this: just write down some things. Are you bold this morning? Are you bold in your relationships? Are you bold of how you share Christ in those relationships that you find yourself uh, taken with that are part of your life? Are, are you bold that you'll share Christ? Are you are you bold in your parenting style? Uh, yeah. Or some of you go, man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. You're talking about being bold, I'm, I'm looking for some tips. You know, we've been thinking about that lately. We're, we're working on a parenting event. Every once in a while, I'll preach a parenting series, but we're gonna, I'm gonna bring an outsider in. We're gonna do a parenting thing. I hope, hopefully, this year that'll try to help you because I want you to be bold in your parenting. And the church said, I don't want you walking around like, I don't know, man. We're just kind of clueless. We just, you know, we see an example here and we see a bad example there and we just do it. I mean, all the bad examples stand up this morning. Would you do that? No, no. I mean, you, you know, you know when you see a good example. All right, here's one. Are you bold in your romance? <laughs> man, you got my attention now, man. I'm, real, I'm Casanova, baby. Oh, really? Okay. And there are some Casanovas in my midst. Some of you are bold in your romantic love for your wife or your girlfriend. Not that if you've got a wife, that you've got a girlfriend. You don't want to be romantic, uh, bold there. But you're bold. And some of you are bold in your athletic ability or your intellectual capabilities. Man, that's, that's good. Bold, boldness. How bold are you? Let me, let me share this. God gives us boldness in this way this morning. He gives it to ordinary people. You see, I'm so encouraged because I find myself in good company like you to do today is that Peter and John are just ordinary common folk. Not educated. Hadn't really done a lot. But they knew Jesus. And they were ordinary and God used them. And when God takes ordinary people he usually does extraordinary stuff and extraordinary miracles in the midst of that. And this morning, as I'm looking at this, in verse 13, it says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They took note. These men had been with Jesus. Now, I've always loved this verse. First of all, Peter and John are, are bold. They're confident in him. They're confident. They're courageous they, they, they've been with a the Savior. They absolutely uh, uh, stun people. But let me tell you, Peter and John are not the smartest guys on the block. You see, in Old Testament, if you study Old Testament law, you had to memorize the Torah, the first five books of the Scriptures. And little Jewish boys would, would learn the Torah. They would learn the first five books. But here's what happened. The little boys that couldn't learn They couldn't memorize the five books. They kind of pushed them over here and said, hey, Johnny, why don't you go down there and catch some fish? Hey, Bill, why don't you go down there and build a birdhouse? Hey, why don't you go there and color some crayons? I don't think they had crayons, so don't write me, okay? But anyway, but they kind of pushed them off. But if you you had a little more intellectual capability, then they might go, hey, but you get to get passed on, and you're going to rabbinical school. And I don't think the little boys knew that. Hey, that means we're going to memorize a lot more. But they were sharp. And and that's the group that they stood before was these educated, intellectual, powerful people. And Peter and John basically in humility would go, that's fine. We're not worthy to be before you at the table. Least it be for the grace of God. But because of the grace of Jesus, we're, we're called here this day to testify and so this morning there's just a principle it doesn't matter who you are matter of fact let me tell you what it says in the greek and i know we're i think we're having a lot of kids in here today and i can't wait for y'all to have this conversation at lunch but sorry i got to do it to honor the text in in the greek when it says they're unschooled ordinary there's a greek word and guess what we get from the or, the uh unschooled now are you ready don't get upset with me get upset with god they're idiots. That's what it says. I mean, I love languages because when you dig them, it basically just says, "Hey, the, the, these guys are, are idiots," and uh, you know, and yet they stand here in the presence and they're able to do this. Hey, have you ever been called an idiot? I have. Somebody was like, "Well, yeah, I was called one one time." So sometimes it's even a good thing here, but they're 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 given what God has for them, and He gives them power. And and they move forward, so they're bold. Uh, You know, a lot of times we're bold in our human heart and our rebellion to God. Here's what I pray we would be bold in. And I please would beg you to write this down. That's what our church is really about. I'm going to talk a lot in 2012 and 2015 and 2020. I think 2020 is going to be cool, don't you? That just sounds good. Okay, and all the years to come. I'm going to talk about serving brokenness, serving broken humanity. You know, that's what our church is. We're about broken people. And the church said... And we're here to serve brokenness. And some of you are saying, well, I ain't very broke, man. You say, well, you are broke. You just ain't willing to admit it. But anyway, okay. So, so here it is. So boldness. And the human heart is in rebellion to God until it comes in the surrender to Jesus Christ here. But God, let me tell you what God wants you and me to be bold in today. He wants you and I to be bold in brokenness. Just broken before Him. I remember when we... Started Christ Community. I had fire. Oh, my goodness, I had fire. Had to have fire because we didn't have a paycheck. (laughs) And we left a great church, successful church, big ministry, money, people. You know, you pay your mortgage. All those kind of things are kind of important to us, you know. And we start this church, but there's a fire and there's a boldness that God gave me. And God just said, be bold for me. I'll, I'll take care of the rest. And can I tell you this morning? My Heavenly Father, who's taking good care of my family, and I bless his name. And he'll take care of you if you'll put him first, and you'll be bold in him and and composed and confident in him and come to the table of grace. Let me tell you a principle as I was extracting, as I was studying this. Peter and John got to be exactly where they were because the Holy Spirit wanted them to be. And I want to say to you this morning, you are exactly where the Holy Spirit has placed you, shine where you're at be bold where you're at you're like now there ain't no way god wants me here oh he does too god puts you and i in situations we how many of you have signed up for suffering i didn't think so and that's where we need to be bold because in our suffering christ is glorified you're saying well this is not a very popular message you're preaching today i i i want to live over there on easy street i want to live over there where things are good i want to go to the church they don't fast Well, let me talk about that for a minute. Today is 14, praise the Lord. And next Sunday, I will be ecstatic bouncing off this stage. There will be sugar in my body. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Okay. (laughs) But I'm thrilled about where Jesus is taking us on this journey these last 14 days. How about you, church? And I rejoice in you, church. As many of you are fasting from food, and, and some of you are fasting from media and other things in your life, shopping and whatever. But let me tell you, God is on the move in our midst when people are committed to Him. But he, but let me tell you. So this guy gets healed, and this he's a forty year old guy plus, and he stands here and he has a healing. He's crippled now he's whole. Now there's one thing about it. I learned this a long time ago as a, as a believer in Christ. You can argue theologically, expositionally, you can argue positions and position statements and theological jargon. And, uh, and, and honestly, it just makes me nauseated. I've already done that. I had a season that it's called going to seminary. Okay. But here's the truth. There is one thing I want you to write this down in your heart. There is one thing that you can never argue with a changed life you cannot argue with a changed life. And let me tell you what Peter and John did. Man, Peter and John, they're standing there. They already know they're idiots. And they're standing there with these guys. And they're like, man, what is going on? This is a tough deal to face. And yet, they're going to be bold in Christ. And they're going to propel the name of Jesus. And they're standing there. And it's a its a hard place to be for Peter and John. I mean, they are they're just going, man, this... This is impossible. God, you, you've called me to suffer in this way? And yet, I think this is funny. The guy, this cripple, lame, says, hey, talk to him. <laughs> I mean, he's whole. I mean, he's standing there. And, and like the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees and all these guys are going, well, I uh, can't say much about that. The guy's whole. And do you know? When you and I get whole in Jesus Christ, you can argue biblically and theologically and doctrinally, but you cannot argue with a changed life by the grace of God. You just can't, you just got to go. He was, he now is. (laughs) He's in Christ. The other night, we're at the Kirk Cameron event, marriage event. Eastmont Baptist, 11,000 people. I mean, I forgot a zero, 1,100. It looked like 11,000, it was huge. And they take a break. Cameron, you'd think I'd speak for a long time. He went forever. And, uh, and toward the end, he, uh, so he takes this little break after we've been there about two hours. And this guy, now I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm a preacher and I've been around a long time, I used to do TV and all that. So a lot of people know my name. I don't know their name. And this guy, he stands up behind me and I turn around and he just, Ricky's like this. He just looks at me, he's interrogating me. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not a little guy, but it's intimidating. This guy's staring at me and I'm looking back at him. And I'm like, and usually I know people, but I didn't. God was clueless. He goes, You Keith Waldron? You know, I always, I wanna go, No. <laughs> He's my cousin. No. I go, Yeah, that's me. He goes, I'm, I'm Charles. He said, I went to Troy University. He says, Troy State. He said, I went to Troy State with you 30 something years ago. And I looked in his eyes, and it, you know, my hair used to be long and curly. Just dream with me for a little bit, okay? <laughs> and this guy, his hair's up, and he's got big glasses on, and we are looking at each other. I said, yeah, I remember you. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, after you got saved, you couldn't shut up about Jesus. He said, you, you drug a bunch of us in one of the dorm rooms, and you sat us down and shared the gospel with us. I said, I did? He goes, yeah. He said, but I wasn't ready to hear it. He says, but you sowed a seed. He says, today I'm in Jesus Christ. I just wanted you to know. And I just went, wow, God will take an idiot like me and use me? And he'll take you? So don't get so prideful in your position. I mean, God just wants us to be bold witnesses that that you don't argue with a changed life. Let's look at this quickly. Great scripture. We talked about it. Okay. (laughs) Boldness is birthed out of personal experience. Out of our personal experience comes our boldness. Your journey of faith with Jesus Christ. Boldness comes from knowing Jesus. It really does. I mean, you know, guys, Peter gets scared of a servant girl one day. And he denies Jesus three times. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a hard deal here. And I started thinking about this. We need to discover the resurrected Jesus. But I wrote down a thought. Man, this, this is an Easter thought, but I'm going to give it to you early. I might even come out Easter. I, I kind of like this. Every once in a while, I surprise myself. This one got me. I wrote down, we need some empty tomb boldness. Okay, well, you didn't like it as much as I did. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. We need some empty tomb boldness. Because of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Peter and John could stand in whatever situation and never deny they were enabled, they had to speak the name of Jesus, and they had empty tomb boldness. They were just proclaimers. And I think God's just saying here, that's what it is. Not doing church, but be in the church. Let me tell you how something happening tomorrow I'm very excited about. Tomorrow is a brand new ministry starting at Christ Community. Some of you are involved in feeding efforts across our city, and I celebrate that. But tomorrow, I was told yesterday, is the first in several years that we have a corporate feeding program on fifth Mondays. We're feeding the homeless, and there's a small group that's taking it on tomorrow, and I say, Bless the Lord God Almighty. So we're going to be asking you over this year that we're going to be having a Feeding the Homeless ministry out in our community. Great thing to do with your kids, your wife, your, your, your friends. We'll go out. But when we have boldness, here's what happens. You have to proclaim. See, Peter and John had to proclaim. They could not shut up. Jeremiah says, it's a fire in my bones. I can't shut up. They we fearless, proclaiming that name, being prepared to give an answer. In Acts 4.20, as for us, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. They were firsthand witnesses. They, they saw it in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. See, they weren't asking the Lord to deliver them from persecution. They were saying, God, make us bolder. You know, that's the prayer that we pray in 2012. God... Could you deliver me from this situation I'm in? Anybody ever prayed that prayer? I prayed a lot. You know what God wants us to pray? God, could I be bold in this situation that you place me in? And being bold, I could proclaim Jesus. Because that's where God gets glory. And encounter, worship, witnessing. I basically see the gospel can't be stopped here when you read Acts 4. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. They had belief, they had trust, they had confidence in the Son of God. And boldness also produces this in our lives. Produces praise in the life of believers. After they had gone through this feat and they stood and they didn't know what to do with them and they released them, Man, there was praise just came out of the believers, and it came out of their mouths. And, and Peter says, I won't be intimidated. In verse 21, and threats wouldn't let them go. They couldn't decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God. There was a spiritual riot taking on. Jesus was getting praised. Jesus was getting honor and glory. The, the witness of the gospel was going forth. They were being released from persecution. But in verse 24, I want you to see this. This is so powerful. Look at verse 24. Boldness brings us together in prayer. You know, in this fast, it's one of the things we're doing. We're praying. We're praying more. We're getting a greater appetite for prayer. We're praying together in small groups with collective groups. This Wednesday night, we're going to have a first Wednesday dinner here. Let me tell you what the last 15 or 20 minutes will be. We're going to have a praise service. We're going to come here, we're going to have dinner. It's going to be fast-friendly, and after we finish our, our dinner with soup, it, it'll be great. Let me tell you, yesterday we had one of the best meals I've had in a year, certainly in two weeks. It was waffles for Jesus. It was waffles for missions. It, it was amazing. We had about 50 or 60 people came by here and had breakfast yesterday, and we shut down the Cracker Barrel yesterday. It was amazing what was happening over here. We didn't really shut it down. We probably should have. But anyway, but boldness, boldness brings us together. And boldness brings us to pray. Look at verse 24. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord. You know what they're saying there? Lord, you're a ruler. You're over all things. God, you're in charge. God, I trust you. And you know what happens when we don't go to him in that? There's, there's a division. And division always robs you and I of spiritual power. When God says, I call you to surrender. I call you to submit to my heart. Bring your bold request. Let me just say that to us quickly. Are we bringing our bold petitions to the Lord? What is, and I'm not going to ask you, I just want you to think about it. What's the boldest prayer you've got this morning? Do you have some bold request? Are you praying some audacious, off the chart kind of prayers? Or is this your prayer? God, could you bless the fender on my car? God, could you help me get a D so I don't have to take the class again? God, Hey, an A would be okay, but I know that would be a miracle. So, hey, God, how about a C? Hey, God, could, could you do this? Hey, God, could you enable me not to cuss today when I do something dumb? Okay, well, those are good prayers, I guess, but here's the big one. God, I want to pray for blank, something so bold that only God could come through and do it how bold are we you know i was thinking about when you begin to move down through here you go to verse 32 the last one and i do this because i want to get to a worship experience with you boldness expresses itself in generosity they begin to sell what they had they begin to share everything in common with one another and when we fully surrender we become generous and generosity breeds boldness and in this morning, I, I set you up earlier. You probably didn't realize it, but now you do. I ask you, are you bold in your generosity? And I have to say, some of you are. And some of you, you don't even know what it means. And I ask you to be bold because of boldness. We had Christmas in the city. And we'll do it again. And because of boldness, homeless people are getting fed. And because of boldness, the food pantry is beginning to grow. And because of boldness, new people are going to Bible studies. And because of boldness, dollars are going toward this. And because of boldness, 12 men and women are going to Mexico. And they're being generous with their life. And you're being generous. And I want to thank you. I want to bless you for that being bold in your giving, being bold in generosity. But I want you to look at the verse right across the bottom. I love this from the Proverbs. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I don't know about you, but God wants to let the lion out of the cage. He wants to let us free in him this morning. Lord, release us into that spirit.